the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The Nick T Podcast. I'm your host, Nick DeGilio, and uh, hello. It is episode number 45 of the Nick D Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You should check out all of the varied and amazing and really cool podcasts with great hosts and great topics and really cool stuff at radiomisfits.com. And uh, yeah, it's Nick DeGilio here, uh, and it is uh, the Nick D Podcast. My thanks to Jason Skaggs for uh, that great opening theme and all the other themes that he does. Coming up on the podcast, uh, um, you know, a really great guy, just a great guy in general, um, and specifically an, an incredible musician, an incredible talent, songer, singwriter, uh, singwriter, <laughs> songer, singwriter. That's a that's 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 good. Uh, I need some help here. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Yeah, especially when I say stuff like songer, singwriter. No, singer, songwriter, musician. Dog Julin is going to join us. Dog is an amazing dude, a uh, really incredible guy who's been in a million bands, still in a million bands, still working harder, uh, recording music, uh, touring, playing live, uh, doing music stuff. Doing it now even more often than he did, you know, years and years ago. He's been doing this for like 40 years he's been making music. And Dog is going to join me to talk about some new music that he has done with Sunshine Boys. It's one of the many uh, uh, bands and, uh, and projects that he has. Uh, you know him from The Slugs. You know him from Expo 76. You know him, of course, from Poi Dog Pondering. You know him as one of the, uh, one of the cohorts on the Steve Dahl uh, podcast. Uh, he's, he's, been on, he's been working with Steve on his podcast for many years. Uh, and Dog is a great guy in general. Uh, he's the guy responsible for introducing me to uh, Ed and Radio Misfits. Uh, I would not be working with Radio Misfits uh, today had it not been at the suggestion uh, of Dog and, and Dog actually like hooking me and Ed up and, and saying, hey, I think you get along with these guys at Radio Misfits. And so I have Dog to thank for that. Well, there's some new music coming out uh, that's out right now from Sunshine Boys. We're going to talk about Dog's career, uh, his music, and all kinds of great stuff. Lots to talk about with him. Great dude. Great, great dude. Esmeralda Leon is going to join us, one of my favorite people in the world. She is the cohort here, appears on every single uh, podcast. We were talking about 90s movie music, classic songs from 90s movies, great soundtracks. And uh, we didn't even scratch the surface on that, so we're going to go back. And if you have some favorites, let us know what your favorite 90s uh, songs are from movies. We're going to talk about some very scary facts from the book, Are You Shitting Me? We love to talk about these facts uh, from the terrific book. They're actually real facts that are very scary. Uh, we will continue our taste test of weird flavored candy. We're going to be tasting a barf lollipop today. Yes, a barf lollipop. And, of course, because it is Tuesday, 
That means my dad will stop by and tell us a joke. That's right. My 80-year-old dad's been telling jokes for many, many years. He continues to do so. Every night he works at Jewel, he's there telling jokes live. He loves telling jokes. They're corny, and they're lovely, and they're awesome, and he rules. And so it's Tuesday. That means Nick's dad tells a joke. So that's coming up. Hey, you can be a part of the podcast. We want to hear from you. Send your questions and your thoughts and your comments and anything. Uh, Leave us a voicemail, 773-417-6948. Drop us an email with any comments, any questions, anything, feedback. Email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. And also, hey, listen. If you want to be a sponsor, if you want to advertise on the Nick D podcast, we're taking that stuff. If you want to be a part of it, uh, this is a pretty popular podcast, I must say. So you will reach a lot of people if you have a business or you want to plug something or you want to be a sponsor or you want to advertise on the Nick D podcast. Lots of people listen to this, so you will reach a lot of people. And if you want to be a sponsor, sales at radiomisfits.com. Drop them a line today and say, hey, I'd love to be a sponsor. I'd like to... Uh, get some advertising uh, on the um, Nick D podcast. Sales at radiomisfits.com is the way to go. All right, I mentioned that you can leave a voicemail, and some of our podcast listeners do. Hey, Nick, this is Dave. I've been listening to you for years now, a couple of years, and I've been listening to your podcast since day one, and uh, since your, your first one. And I got to tell you, it gets better and better every, every episode that you bring out. So keep up the good work. Thanks, Nick. Bye. Thanks, buddy. Oh, we like to hear stuff like that. We get a ton of voicemail. We get a ton of email. We love to share stuff like that. I especially love to share the positive stuff. Thank you, Dave. I, I appreciate it. We try to do better with every podcast, and I think the, uh, the podcast is getting better as it goes along, uh, and I'm, I'm really uh, pleased uh, to do it, and I couldn't do it without people like Esmeralda Leon and Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits and my buddy Jason Skaggs. Hey, and while you're checking out our podcast at radiomisfits.com and every single platform that's available, make sure you take the time to rate and review us. And again, if you want to leave a voicemail like Dave did, it is 773-417-6948. All right. Doc Julin, fantastic musician uh, extraordinaire, is going to join me after I tell you and say to you, well, listen, congratulations. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D Podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jackal. There it is. Uh, that's uh, some music by my guest, and I'm so excited to uh, to have him on the on the podcast. Uh, a musician who's been working in and around uh, this city for oh, I don't know, four decades or so, and that's from a project uh, called uh, one of the nine million bands that this man is in. Well, let's, let's introduce him. It's uh, it's Doc Julian. Doc, how are you, sir? Nick, I'm fine, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, it's a real pleasure to be here, and to, thank you so much for asking me. I have to say, uh, before we were uh, talking to, to Dog, and you've been busy, I mean, busy, busy, busy. I was telling you off the, off the recording here when, when we were uh, talking off the air, uh, I mean, this, this, every time I look at social media and see what you're doing, man, you, it seems like you got a gig, you got something going on every night. It's been busy for you, huh? 
It's been a busy, uh, yeah, it's been a busy time. There, there are, there are multiple bands that I'm in. There are multiple events that are going on. There's like a, you know, there's sometimes there's a new batch of songs to learn and things like that. But yeah, there's all these things have sort of come crashing in, in June. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's a rare seven minute break here. I've got Nick. I've just got the seven minutes. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Okay, yeah. good. Well, I, yeah. I do want to uh, let folks know who uh, who are listening that I don't believe that I would be hosting this podcast right now, or at least not in this regard or in this way, were it not for you, uh, Doc. Nick. Um, because you said, hey, you know, you know, because I, 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 you know, I'm, I met with you because you've been doing podcasts for a long time. You work, uh, you're, you, you, are, you work on the Steve, uh, Steve Dahl's podcast, which is like one of the most successful podcasts um, you know, like in the world. And I was, as I was looking uh, to start up a podcast to get back into it after I got canned unceremoniously from, uh, as, as Steve Cochran calls it, the car wash. That's what we call it. Um, <laughs> uh, I was looking to jump into the world of podcasts and I didn't really, it wasn't something that I did. And the podcasts that we used to do based on my show or from my show were edited and put together by my producer and all that stuff. And it was just, I was mm-hmm. a little foreign. So I looked yeah. to you for a little advice. And we met, yeah. and we went to the greatest restaurant on the planet, the Gale Street Inn. It was fan- I, I could imagine no other place, meeting you at no other place. It was, a, it was great to go there. But, uh, yeah. And you said this guy. There's this guy, Ed, and he uh-huh. runs this podcast network called The Radio Misfits. And I think you should probably talk to him, and it might be good. And so you mm-hmm. were responsible for connecting Ed and myself together. Um, I met him. You know, we, we contacted each other. Via, you know, like texts and a couple of calls here. And then we met. We met face-to-face uh, at his stomping ground. And, uh, <sighs> and I liked him right away. And we got along right away. And, um, and he has been incredibly supportive and taught me all this stuff and brought a whole bunch of stuff and equipment over to my apartment and hooked it all up for me and said, here's how we do the podcast. Let's do it together. And I've been doing it now. This is episode 45. And I really have to thank you. I have to thank you for connecting me uh, with Ed. So first of all, before we get you know started, like technically the real interview, thank you, Doug. I appreciate that. Oh wow, it's my uh, so glad to do it, and uh, I was really happy to see that you guys made an immediate connection and that um, he was able to help you along. Because one of the things that you had mentioned was a kind of a technophobia uh, in terms of uh, gear, and things like that, and and you know doing the setup. And you've you've always had the kind of the um, the luxury, I suppose, of having a producer, and you know, you just sit in your chair and have your ideas. And um, I, Ed, Ed is a guy that um, worked with Steve's uh, podcast too, so he he helped me years ago through a lot of this stuff as well, and helped me understand the other the other side of the microphone when it came to podcasts and the technical stuff like that. So he was he's always been really helpful to me, and I've just like a good man. In in some ways, that's that's a, a you to be the, the sort of the conduit to this to the whole thing so yeah well i appreciate Thank it you. and you're right i mean i did have like i've never done anything like this before and you know like um uh, you know when you're doing a podcast you're kind of it's you know you need as much help as you can get because you're kind of the whole deal you know like you know when you would walk into uh you know i, I would walk into wgn uh, i'd have a producer he would uh, help me out with all the technical stuff he would do all the recordings he would book all the guests and he would do stuff like that you had engineers help you set this thing up 
um, and that thing up, and you had a sales department, you know, right, uh, right, who yeah. would sell it and blah, blah, blah. And all of that is just now it's like it was just me, and I didn't know what to do. And Ed and, uh, and, and Radio Misfits uh, really helped me out in that department. And now I understand what it means and how, it, how, it's, how it's done and how the world of podcasts actually work. It's a completely different world than the world of broadcast radio, that's for sure. Well, it's a it's a world that I think uh, I know that you that that your your fans were uh, just as dism- dismayed as you were to be let go from the car wash, and uh, your show I think more than than men was such a direct pipeline between you and your listeners, and I think a podcast is a is an, a real a real great format for for your type of show, and I know you you have a very engaged crowd and and there's a there's a lot of uh, interaction and things like that so it seems like and it just seems like your show sort of hit the ground running you know and here you are 45 episodes into it 45 uh, episodes deep we've got a bunch of subscribers ed tells me the numbers are good that's that's great i'll believe him and uh and you know that and and i and the feedback has been great and it's been nothing but fun doing it and i get better at it with every with every episode and uh, and i'm having a blast doing it i'm just having good a blast. for you and i like the freedom because i can say fuck right now and not, say fuck yeah yeah <laughs> not get into trouble at all <laughs> so anyway i just wanted to get that out of the way the big thank you for hooking me up with that oh gosh and and uh, and, and all of that my now, pleasure and Doug, I just also want to say that, like, you, you know, um, I had met you years ago uh, here and there. And obviously I'm aware of you and, uh, and, and, you know, the bands that you've been in, the music that you've done and stuff like that. But one of the first times we ever really sort of talked was the night of this Buffalo Tom concert. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 2018. Uh-huh. Uh, back in 2018. It was uh, fall of 2018. And uh, I, I happen to know Bill Janovitz. I know the band now. I've gotten to know mm-hmm. those guys. And Bill, uh, you know, Buffalo Tom's one of my favorite bands of all time, ever. And over the years, I've gotten to know Bill. And Bill wrote some music for a play that I wrote and directed and that I was in many, many years ago, like 20 years ago. And since then, Bill and I have stayed in contact. And uh, so I was backstage at, a Buffalo Tom, at the Buffalo Tom show in 2018. And you walk into the backstage area afterwards. You played. You were up on stage playing with them. And we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> But you walked in and you you made a beeline directly to me. Uh huh. You know we're in a room full of like there's a whole bunch of people back there who are much more impressive and much more important and much cooler than I am. And you walked in, you made you we made eye contact, and you pointed at me and just walked directly up to me. Yeah. <laughs> and what was that? What was? <laughs> and I was like, I, oh, oh, okay. And I was just like completely stunned. I knew who you were, obviously, and I thought maybe you were looking at somebody behind me. No, I I had to get a hold of you. I had to let you know, um, and uh, and quite honestly, all the all the nights after after a gig, you know, I live in Woodstock, and I'm coming from a from a gig in Chicago. I need some company, and that was the magic of your radio program for me. Was that I would I would tune in, and it was just like just like a great. You know what you turn to the radio for is to, is this connection and stuff like that. So I, you know, I I I hope I thanked you for for riding shotgun with me. Uh, you know, at two thirty in the morning, coming home from from a gig all the way out to Woodstock. So I was just it was I was really happy to meet you and to kind of. Uh, surprise you and uh, almost assault you and let you know that uh, <laughs> that I really appreciate you you know your voice on the radio and 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 what it meant and and how I would just have you there 
Well, I, I appreciate home, that. So, I, I yeah. appreciate that, man. And I have heard, you know, over the years when I was hosting the overnights uh, at the car wash, I had heard um, from a lot of people uh, coming back from gigs, musicians, a lot were would call yeah. up and say, hey, man, you know, I just got out of a gig. I'm coming home. Or I'd be like, hey, man, I'm sitting in a drive through waiting for my food. I just got mm-hmm. out of, you know, I just got off of here. And, uh, and, and that was something that I heard all the time. And, you know, and I was really happy to hear that. But yeah, I was just like, oh, look, I know this guy. This guy's a big time, you know, musician in Chicago and, and in the world. And, and he's coming up to me and talking to me. And I was just like kind of stunned oh. by that. Well, I have to say also going back to, to Bill Janowitz, like the, the first time I met him was probably uh, a couple years before we met at, at Metro there for Buffalo Tom. But I, I the, we were backstage in, in Boston for the, the Cubs and Red Sox hot stove cool music event, which is something I've been a part of for a couple of years. Yeah. And um, the, when I got introduced to Bill, the very first thing I said to him was like, you know a guy called Nick DiGilio? And, and, and he shook his head. He goes, yep, I know Nick very well. So because um, I just, uh, yeah, there's, there's been no greater – you know, supporter of Buffalo Tom in Chicago that I that I'm aware of than you. And, yeah, uh, wow, yeah. that's pretty. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned Hot Stove uh, Cool Music, um, which is a really great event, um, and it's coming up uh, July 1st at the Metro. We may as well uh, talk about that since we since you mentioned it. There um, you go. Yeah. What's what is the origin of that? I know the story, but tell everybody about Hot Stove Cool Music. And the next uh, version of that is going to be July 1st at, at Metro. Yeah, it's been uh, Theo Epstein and his brother had a hand in this back in Boston when it, um, when he was out there. And it's a charity, uh, a fundraising event, and there's all sorts of celebrities that, that turn up and auction, amazing auction pieces that go to help kids develop, uh, you know, create opportunities for, for inner city or underprivileged kids to kind of further their education and um, uh, have, have sort of more broad world experiences. And um, they tied baseball teams into it. And eventually, when, um, when Theo came to Chicago, um, these events started getting built around the, the Cubs and Red Sox being, you know, playing in the same city. And so, you know, the massive, incredible, over the years, they've had some incredible bands performing. Everyone's donating their time and their services, and it's raising a ton of money um, for the foundation to be named later, is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, being a friend of Len Casper's, um, who was originally, um, you know, was not involved in this year's event because his white socks are, uh, otherwise, you know, they're out of town that weekend and things like that. But so I've been, I've just been playing in this event for a couple of years, going to Boston, playing in Chicago. It's been amazing. It's been amazing. The pandemic obviously changed everything in the world, including this event, and it's not. Um, it's uh, in terms of the the this, the event at Metro. It's going to be a lot. It's going to have some Boston people coming in and a lot of Chicago people. Uh, we're going to play a set together. Um, some of these great musicians from Boston, including Kay Hanley from Letters to Cleo, uh, um, some other folks are coming in. They're going to join forces with myself and some other Chicago musicians like Scott Lucas from Local H, mm-hmm. Gerald Dowd, um, and then and then there's an, and then Juliana Hatfield is going to play a set, and then the show is going to be closed by Mavis Staples. So it's a really great That's... bill, fantastic bill, yeah. great people, and. Uh, a, a, a worthy event, and I'm I'm 
glad you bring it up, and, and we hope that people will come out. There's also a VIP night, which happens on the 30th, the night before, which will be at the, was it the Brick House across the street there? So if people want to come and, and watch the bands uh, also play a, a considerably looser st- uh, set at the, at the VIP thing the night before, and then, then the main event is on the 1st, and uh, it's, a, it's a great time. I think, I think uh, Joel Murray will be one of the hosts. He's usually yeah. up there hosting, and yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure Len Bramer's also going to be up there, I think. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've been to yeah. three of I've been to three hot uh, hot stove cool music events. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and they're great. Uh, they're absolutely great. And um, I learned about it through. Well, I mean, obviously, when Theo came in, and took over for you know the Cubs, it was I was on I was on that radar because Theo you know was like a savior for the Cubs as far as mm-hmm. I was concerned. Being a lifelong Cub fan, suddenly something was happening on the north side yeah. when that guy came in. And I remember Bill telling me, this is funny, because uh, I remember Bill telling me when, when Theo came over, I immediately contacted Bill, and I was like, all right, look, is, is, is this guy going to do good by the Cubs? Because obviously what he did in Boston is, you know, extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And so I asked Bill, and Bill said, listen, you guys are going to get a World Series by 2015. Wow. He was off by a year. <laughs> yeah, well. It was only off by a year, man. Yeah, they're in a different time zone. Maybe that's what, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. But no, and I, I found out about it through Bill and, and because, you know, like Buffalo Tom and Bill himself played their solo, you know, several times. And, and I went to the event and just the lineup is great. And it's very, it's a lot of fun and it raises a lot of money, like you said, for a great charity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's July 1st at the Metro, an incredible lineup. Mavis Staples, my God. Mavis that's, Staples, come on. Come yeah. On. Yeah. That's, yeah, they're that's uh, amazing. They're on tour and they're they're making this work, so it's really really nice of them. And and Juliana yeah. is playing in, uh, she's playing at uh, Summerfest up in Milwaukee uh, the day before. So she's she's um it's good. She's she doesn't do a lot of touring, but yeah. Uh, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna yeah. be a great event, and it's certainly one of the most upbeat and positive and enjoyable uh, nights of of entertainment. Um, that I've ever been a part of. So I yeah. hope people are able to come out for that. It's a blast. July 1st uh, at the Metro. I, I, I always am on the verge of calling it Cabaret Metro. And I always, I, and that dates me. That shows uh, your age. I was, yeah, yeah I, I'm with you there. I'm yeah. With you. And I, you know, every time I talk to Joe, I talk to Shanahan about it. Every time I mention, I say Cabaret Metro, he's like, yeah, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in my, I'm in my fifties. I'll just right. say that. And he's like, yeah, uh-huh. of course you are because you yes, said Cabaret Metro. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, Doc, how did the, how did music start with you? Let's go back to the beginning. Uh, were you always, uh, were you raised listening to music? Did you love music growing up? And did you always want to be a musician? How'd that happen for you? I did. I was, we, there was always music in our house when, when we were kids and, and we were always encouraged to kind of go to the records and play whatever we wanted with the exception of the Lenny Bruce records. My father always steered us like, no, you're not ready for that stuff yet. (laughs) um, So, but um, the early things that I remember are um, Ray Charles, modern sounds and country and Western, uh, Trini Lopez live at PJ's. And uh, the the two sides of the Smothers Brothers, hmm. and so the they're um, a, and it must have had an effect on my brother and I because like the Smothers Brothers, we started playing guitar and bass. So there must be, it, but it, it does go back a long way with me. And I remember being infatuated with with guitars and and I, I wanted to be a drummer very early on, but I, but my parents didn't. They didn't want a drum set in the house, I think, was what it came down to. But mm-hmm. uh, back in the days of when I was a kid, you could look at a Sears catalog or go to Sears, and they had pages of, like, 
cruddy kind of electric guitars and drums and stuff, but it always had an uh, an infatuation. I was always just like sort of drawn to this stuff. And I, I had a couple of false starts with some, some cheaper guitars, but my brother Greg uh, started taking bass lessons at some point and really urged me almost in a, in a kind of like I had no choice way to play the guitar. And so by when sixth grade wrapped up, then I decided that summer I was I was ready to start playing a, a guitar because people were talking about putting a band together and I had this fear of missing out. And I was like, oh, I think I want to be in a band. So it goes back to to that. It's a sort of fifth or sixth grade. I think sixth grade is when I thought, all right, maybe I'm going to give this a shot. And, mm-hmm. and and I did. I got We received some birthday money. Um, our birthdays are both in November, Greg and mine. And so we went out to a guitar store and back in then, you could buy a guitar for like $25, which we did an electric guitar. We each bought a, he bought an electric bass. I bought an electric guitar. We bought a, an amp that we could both plug into. It had two inputs. And so it just, and, and then with a Beatles songbook, off we went, you mm. know, and that's where it started. So, mm. wow. And, and then, and then by high school, I was pretty, uh, pretty good. And so I, I, I think back, like basically, I've never not been in a band since 1978. I've been playing essentially gigs since 1978. That's unbelievable. Wow. Fairly that's regularly, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So. Uh, can you remember some of the names of those first bands? that? Because it's always fun to go back. and Sure, well, they were. Well, yeah. yeah. The, um, like, I, we, we, um, we had a group that never even played a gig, but because we we had a print shop in high school and we could take print shop classes, and my brother printed up some business cards for this group called Mariner that never actually played a gig. It was just an assignment for print shop. But when I so then in in high when I joined my first band, my friend Bob who played bass and or he, a great guitar player, sort of a mentor for me, he was in a band, lied to the guys in the band saying I was his cousin to get me into the band. And so this band was called Horizon, which is so great, so 70s, so, oh, yeah. you know, it yeah. sounds like it should be written on the side of a van. <laughs> um, but then that band, and I'll, I, I can't quite figure this out, but the band changed its name to Mainstream, which I think had some, I think they saw the stream element as some sort of poetic little image but mainstream is not a terrific name for a band but that's yeah. what we were mainstream and then that's great so these are all so of their era when when after that sort of broke up and then i was in junior college where greg and i were in a band called chaser which was i think based on a yes song sound chaser or something like that so chaser and then and then after that came the slugs which is sure. a, not a great name but great band, there we though. were stuck with it yeah we're great we're band. reuniting we're reuniting yeah. for let, one night only let's yeah. let's do that man let's talk about well first of all how did the slugs come together i mean i love that band oh and sure thank you thank you yeah oh, I, think I love I, that band i think so, we you know as, as i'm re- rediscovering this material i'm like i get it now i think i kind of get it you know it was it was good um but I, I don't. I don't think we were a million miles apart from from that sort of soaring melodic meat and potatoes rock of Buffalo Tom or the Replacements. All this sort of like you know, a guy hard on his sleeve sort of guy rock. You know, yeah, um, it's, that's right up my alley, Doug. That's yeah. <laughs> so as I as I surmise, but um, yeah. that came to get my brother and and our friend Al. Uh, a guitar player, also that are part of our uh, circle of friends in Chicago. We um, we we were working um, 
my father was a TV director and a, a TV producer and director. As a matter of fact, spent a long time at WGN TV. I'm trying to think of probably about just about 30 years he spent there directing commercials and TV shows. And um, I was brought up as a little kid doing doing commercials on on WGN. You know, you might you might have seen me in a wholesome bread commercial mm-hmm. uh, when you when you were home watching Bozo at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so we we then worked for my father, who was producing the the studio portion of early early sports vision, uh, you know, early pay TV yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we would we would go downtown in the afternoon and and be the studio crew for these for the studio segments of sports vision. And so the three of us had our afternoons and mornings like largely open, and we were living at home, and we were like, let's just let's form a band. Let's form a band, and, and and they had a nickname for me, which was the Studio Slug. Uh, apparently, I was maybe not as responsive as I needed to be to certain emergencies. <laughs> but uh, so I said, let's form a band and call it the Slugs. And that's as that's as, with as much effort as it took, you know, to put it together. And yeah. so we started that, and it's like '83, I think, something like that, or late '82, or some some incredibly long time ago. Yeah. But um, anyway, so that it just came together. Like, let's use our afternoons to. To play music, and we did. We went out. We bought. We were making decent money because we were working in TV, and so we got good guitars and stuff, and and started playing, and and uh, evolved from there. We met, met our drummer Mike Halston via uh, an ad that we uh, posted at a at a guitar center when Guitar Center used to be up on Milwaukee Avenue oh, near sure. Superdog. So yeah, yeah. yeah. and then that started. And that's how you. That's how you started. Now tell us about the the gig you guys got coming up. Oh boy! Well, our our label Pravda Records—they've um, been in business for thirty-eight years, and they they started wow. as this incredible uh, do-it-yourself label. They're these guys out of the Calb North. They met at Northern Illinois University, and they were like, "We have a band. Let's put out a tape." And what do we, you know? You just you, they just made it up as they went along, and. All of a sudden, it started turning into a real label, pressing records and eventually CDs and stuff. And then they had their first, um, they had their first store, which was located right next to Cabaret Metro, right mm-hmm. in that those, one of those two storefronts. It became a prop, the Pravda Records yeah, flagship yep. store. Familiar and so with they, it, very familiar with it. Yeah, sure. Open yep. late for those nice tipsy purchases, you know, the impulse buys. <laughs> um, so, so they became our record label. They put out all the Slugs material. And they um, have had an incredible year. Um, the pandemic, oddly, has been really good for, for Pravda Records. They started putting out records by The Flat Five, uh, Steve Dawson from Dolly Varden. They put out some incredible releases. The Hush Drops, um, Josh Caterer from Smoking Popes. Uh, they're having a banner year. And so Ken is, uh, Kenny Goodman, uh, the head of Pravda, is having um hosting a, a weekend festival at the sketchbook uh, sketchbook brewery up in uh, in Skokie the 24th and the 25th and all these Pravda bands are are going to be appearing like all the people that I've mentioned are all going to be a part of it a group called Boom Hank Ken's old band that started this, this whole thing they were called the Service mm-hmm. and then the Slugs are in the the headlining slot Saturday night so we've been we've been practicing relearning all these songs and it's been it's been good uh, we've notoriously had some some moments of friction between the band throughout the years, but but sure. these rehearsals have been fabulous and easy, and a lot of laughs and stuff. So we're we're in good shape, and we're looking forward. 
It's called Pravda Fest. Uh, Sketchbook has even issued uh, a new Pravda Lager beer that will be on sale, and it's got mm-hmm. all the names of the bands on on the can, and it's it's going to be a fun weekend. So that's food great. trucks. Yeah, that's this coming weekend actually. It's coming up twenty fourth yeah. and twenty fifth. I will say, anybody, I hope people are interested in coming. Um, it's an outdoor event, and bring a folding chair. That's going to be helpful because yeah. it's an outdoor event, and there's there's not going to be any any of those kind of things uh, yeah. provided. So bring a folding chair. That's going to be great. To see and an appetite are. for rock and food trucks and Pravda Lager. There you go. That sounds great. Uh, yeah. So let, let me let me ask you this, uh, Doc. Do you remember the first song that you wrote? I think I do. I think I wrote this song that's a sort of ballady. Um, the first the first time I decided to like sit down and write a song with lyrics and everything, I'd messed around on things before, and we wrote instrumental tunes. And I tried to write stuff when I was in my first band, Horizon slash Mainstream, and I just couldn't. I didn't. I didn't know what was involved. I couldn't focus and stuff. But when when the slugs started happening, I realized I needed to to kind of write songs. And I wrote this song called Henry, which was like, it's sort of a ballad. And we were this kind of big rock band, but it was some sort of sympathetic ballad to a, 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 a fuck up of a person, thinly disguised version of myself. Mm-hmm. I think I was trying to be nice to. And um, yeah, I think, I think we might've learned it, but we never recorded it. And we never really, I don't think played it live, but it was the first one and you have to start somewhere and then understand the process. And you can even look back almost at any song and go, Oh, I should have done that differently. Or mm-hmm. it's just, it's a constant evolution. It's one of the things I love about it is that it, it starts in a new way each time and you never know where it's going to go. And it's just really my, one of the things that it, I, I just I love it so much. I love songwriting so much. So yeah, the, that, but you mentioned that that you know that it changes all the time. Is is, is so the process? Uh, uh, is it different with every song that you write, or do you do you start with the melody? Do you start with the lyrics, or just whatever hits you? It's it, it the the prompt can be anything. The prompt can be a misheard phrase that cre- all of a sudden there's a meaning that you know that only you get, and you can build around it. You can start. I've I've had stuff. I've had stuff come to me in dreams a, a, a line that that out of nowhere just happens in a dream and and you think oh my gosh there within this line some story is, has begun there's some there's a mood or there's there's some there's a person at a at a sort of crossroads or something like that um and and then there's then there's a, a melody that you that you have and and you and you put it aside and and eventually some words fill the gap or they, they take the, the right amount of spaces that you need, syllables that you need. And um, there's, there's some stuff too where I'll just be playing, I'll be playing a, some chords that I'm locked into and I'll open my mouth and something will just come leaping out of my subconscious. And, I, and uh, uh, it might sound like a gobbledygook phrase, but I'll think, wait a minute, there, I'm trying to tell myself something, you know, and, and, and that, that implies some story that that that's there waiting to sort of be dug out and and revealed and um and then and then there are other things are there there are these moments of grace where everything comes at the same time the mm. the melody just presents itself to you the lyrics are just coming out the chords are all there and every when when something originates like that everything is sort of literally coming from the same origin. It's all it's all got the same intentions, and it's a it's a kind of a magical thing. They don't all happen that way, but when they do, I like I've had songs like that that come out. And you're like, 
This happened in one sitting, one take, and I don't know how my hands got there. And and I I don't edit the lyrics. I'm just like that has you know that thing stands yeah. alone. There's a song yeah. on the first Sunshine Boys album. Um, it's the closing track on the album. It's called Sign of Life, and it just that's an example of the thing just arriving, fully formed almost, and I'm just sort of. I'm just sort of a stenographer, you know, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. holding on for dear life yeah, as yeah. the thing presents itself. So yeah. pretty, it's a, it's a fascinating thing. And, and, um, I, I can sit down and work every day and keep hacking away, which I, which I kind of do, um, and can end up empty handed or you can end up with some bit that is some accident or something that's going to come in handy later so yeah. it's it's a it's an amazing process for me well you know i mean it's it's interesting because you see you, you the the work that you've done musically is just so all over the map i mean you've written incidental music you've written for tv shows you've written for plays you've written for commercials uh well i mean you were a copy editor for a while you've done voiceover stuff so you're kind of like all over the map um as you've gotten older and those and and done a number of these varying jobs has that changed the way that you write i did I don't that's a that's a good thing. I think the more that I've learned, I think what I've learned listening to the to the old slug stuff and I was just going I just go this third verse does not need to be this long or this bridge is on the wrong side of the instrumental. I've I've learned a little bit about the about technically what might be required or where my where my attention span is needing to go at a certain moment and stuff like that. Um I think um about in terms of in terms of uh, if it's changed the way I write, I don't know. I think I think I think the great motivator for me with everything is just the fact that I'm getting older and I just need to keep yeah. working. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. just I, I don't have one one of the great things that I loved and miss will miss the most about about my band Sunshine Boys is that we came to practice to work, not to jam. I wrote songs for the band and then we. We arranged them at practice, but we didn't sit around playing, you know, blues and F for an hour before right, and drinking right. beers before we right. got down to business. Right, 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 so right. we're, all, you know, we're all in our fifties and we're all just like, we're, we're, let's work. There's no time to waste. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, well, I think, I think I became more efficient probably as a, as a, as a performer and a writer. And, and, and I, I, you know, when we were, when we were out that, that night and had that, uh, that fantastic dinner again at the greatest restaurant on the planet, the Gale greatest. Street Inn, and George was playing host. George Carr is playing host. And he sent me home with the greatest soup in the world. I just, I just asked him if I could get a little bit of that soup to go, that chicken tomatillo soup. Yeah. And I'm just, ugh. it's the best. It's the best. the best. But you were telling me that, um, you know, this, the, the, that, you know, getting older, cause we were both talking about at that time, you know, because I think you and I are around the same age. Um, I think I got a couple of years on you, but yeah, we're we're both born in the '60s for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and it was what we were talking about aging and how your perspective changes and how things change, and uh, you know, you mentioned it during what you were just talking about, um, and and, uh, and how that wisdom, whether it's wisdom or not, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> who who knows if we've acquired wisdom as we've gotten? I don't older. know. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it, maybe if it, maybe it's just in terms of saying I better not do that. If, it, if that's the definition of wisdom, then. Yeah. That's enough sometimes, you know, um, to save massive trouble. But I found that too, you know, as someone who's like, because uh, I, I, I haven't written anything in a really long time, but I'm a playwright. I've written a bunch of plays that have been produced and, and all that stuff. And, and I've noticed as I've gotten older, the better I got as a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that has something to do with age, with experience. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. and, and I think that, that that's one of the reasons why there, I think there is a sense of urgency in you. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in the writing that you're doing now. It is. And I think, and I think also one of the great uh, tools for our writer is constraints, uh, limited time. Um, I know that when there was a, there was a period when, in, when I was doing a lot of commuting and working down in the city and doing stuff like that. And my time was limited that I had to kind of be productive as a, as a, a writer or, or, you know, creating music and things like that. So I don't know, there's, there's something about, um, not having, I think, I think it's probably why it took me a long time to develop as a writer because in my twenties, when I was just starting out, things were just wide open, man. I had no plan. I had no yeah. clue. I had no yeah. money. I had no, you know, I just had nothing but time. And, um, I, I, I think I, you know, in hindsight, I'm a little, I think, Oh gosh, I wasted a lot of time. I wasted a lot of time and I don't want to make that mistake again, you know? And so, um, but having, having some constraints, having to like, I got to knock off by this certain amount of time, or I got to, I got to get working on this other project, you know, or I have to work on this real work that's, that's paying me. Yeah. Um, it makes that, that free time a little more of a commodity, a little more uh, of a, of a, you know, a sacred thing. And, yeah. um, I don't want to. I don't want to just uh, snore or scroll through this free time. You know, yeah. I, I I I get time to to recover, if you know, from from my long drives and my late nights and stuff like that. I get I get enough time to recover and stuff like that. But man, I'm always I'm always looking to the next thing. And you seem like you said. I mean, this this June in particular has been very very busy for you. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, I I we have to. Uh, I want to I want to get into uh, Sunshine Boys. You guys have. Uh, your farewell show coming up uh, just in a couple of days. A couple uh, of days, at, the 23rd, yeah. At uh, Space, which is an incredible uh, uh, space. No, no, no pun intended. Don't mean to be. Well, yeah, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, just, room. Uh, just saw Suzanne Vega there a few weeks oh ago. Oh, my gosh, yeah. What a, that must have been, yeah. It was great. It was just great. And and uh, she was on the podcast. I was beside myself. She's. Oh, uh, I heard that interview. That was really yeah, good. She, that Jesus, was really good. I don't even know I what I think you'll say. like her music, Nick. I, I don't of, know. I kind of like her, yeah, just yeah. a little. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do want to talk about your farewell show and the Sunshine Boys and the, and the two songs, the one of which we played at the beginning of the interview, sure. uh, which was called The Beginning. Um, ironically, but I gotta, we, we, ironic, we have to talk about Poi Dog, my friend. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, come on. I yeah. mean, Jesus. Yeah. The, tell me, tell me about uh, the band, how it got together. And like, at some point, did you just go, what the fuck? This is awesome. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I think uh, it's weird if you look back on, on how anybody, on how anybody got anywhere, how, how, you know, I think the story of here you are in a seat in front of me. How did you get to this seat? How, how, you know, tell me about what happened. And so if I look back on how the whole thing developed with me and Poi Dog and all these other projects, honestly, it's, it's just a weird story. But um, I had been in the, um, in the mid and late 80s working at the famous rock club Lounge Axe. And I was there because um, I was friends with Sue Miller, now, who's now married to Jeff Tweedy. And she had, she had taken a... a sympathy on the slugs and started booking her booking us at her other clubs the west end and cubby bear and anyway i became friends and i started working at lounge checks poi dog pondering in their texas incarnation um came up and they they developed some really rabid fans in chicago and 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 they started playing uh, lounge acts quite regularly and yeah. XRT took a shine to them and yeah. started pumping them up on the radio and really built something up. They built something up in Chicago. Um, so I had uh, become friends with Max Crawford from Poi Dog. He was a, he was a friend of Susan and she sort of put us together because she knew that we were a couple of knuckleheads that would get along. And it's true. And we did. And we're, 
friends and bandmates to this date. But um, so we just started talking and being friends and long distance phone call friends and stuff like that. And Poi Dog, specifically Frank and and Max Crawford, they wanted to they they'd had a, a little you know they'd done their time in Austin and the Austin band was experiencing some some turmoil and they had just been dropped by Sony Records and Frank had fallen in love with with Bridget Murphy she of Millie's Orchid show here in town showbiz mm-hmm. kind of impresario mm-hmm. um and Frank followed his heart and was like I'm going to move up to Chicago and be with Bridget and Max itchy for a for a new musical adventure and kind of um Frank's right-hand man um he moved up as well and so we became we became even closer friends when when Max moved up and and those guys wanted to put something together monthly at Lounge Axe and since I was this nearby guitar player and sort of in in the sort of same circle they said yeah come on out and play with us some whatever month it was and then I just became you know I started getting asked back every month and we became yeah. friends and yeah. it was it developed loosely and organically and we were just playing cover songs we would play some point dog stuff and um they they liked my sensibility and my my guitar playing and eventually within a few months Frank had decided I'm going to reinvent the group here in Chicago with all Chicago players and Susan Vells eventually made the move as well to our violin player so I became part of point dog in early 1993, officially, I'd, mm-hmm. after a few months of sort of doing these monthly shows, and um, there was a there was a um, another you know Poydog's sort of famous for its personnel shifts. Uh, <laughs> right. There was one of those that came about, I think, in the later 90s and stuff. But then then we reconfigured uh, uh, just a few short years after that, and and so I feel like I've I feel like it's been an uninterrupted uh, 30. 30 years, if it even makes possible physical yeah. sense that I should be throwing around a number like 30, but I think that's what it turns out to be. So, yeah. yeah. So we've, we've, you know, we did bus tours. We did a support uh, tour with um, opening for Dave Matthews because we had a mutual sound man and, and played at places like Red Rocks. And, you know, it's just, I've seen some really, really amazing stuff as being part of Poi Dog. And it's a, yeah. it's a band that covers all these different genres. And um, it's, it's, we're getting ready to play Ravinia in July, July 23rd. We're at Ravinia and we've done that before. We had a kind of a famous, uh, show at Ravinia a long time ago, and um, so uh, yeah, there's just been, it's been amazing. It's been a, it's been an amazing run, and and um, it's a very, yeah, very wonderful group I, of people to be involved with. I've seen Poi Dog many times, and you mentioned yeah. the Dave, you've mentioned the Dave Matthews tour. I've happened I happen to be one of those goofballs. Oh, seen, right. was, I, that, that was that's it. seen Dave many many times. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, that's pretty interesting watching watching that band, and Dave was uh, gracious enough to come out every night and introduce us, which I thought was. Really great, uh, yeah. very generous on his part because, you know, when you have a, a a band where the fans are so rabid and yeah. do so much traveling, and you know, I think Dave has got that thing where they don't do the same show every night, you know. So I think right. people are people are really this, one of those groups that keeps things in the moment, and and so um, it was nice of of him to sort of give us this nod of approval and, and tell any fans out there that might be a little bit too restless, like, hey. I like these guys, and I want yep. you to give them a chance. And so yep. that was very, very yep. kind of him. So. Well, Poi Dog, uh, again, when, 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 is, when is the gig at Ravinia so that people can check June, it out? Uh, July 23rd, Saturday. July 23rd. And that's because of the way things are structured, there's a kind of a, 
a, a radius clause around gigs like that where you can't play in the area a certain amount of days and a certain amount of miles uh, from that from that venue before and after. So it's kind of our big show of the year, certainly uh, of the summer anyway, right. is at is uh, Ravinia. But it'll okay. be great. It'll be Point great. Point dog at Ravinia, July 23rd. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, uh, I don't know if we're going to have time uh, here, but uh, have, I, I have a, a lounge act story that involves Gigi Allen that I don't know. If oh, is, boy. Uh, I bet it ends with, uh, it, it with ends a lot with, of cleaning agents. It is. It, it, <laughs> Well, it ends with the story, the legend being that the sound man, like at one point, I won't go into the whole story, but at one point, Gigi Allen shoved a microphone up his ass, which is not an unusual thing. That's uh, part of his... Uh, for, yeah. yeah. And uh, this was during sound check, by the way. This was not mm. during a gig. Uh, and he jumped off, he broke a bunch of pint glasses on the floor during sound check, and the sound guy at Lounge X was really pissed off the whole time because he was late. And you don't want to mm. mess with the sound guy. You know that. No, it's true. That's true. And he you jumped off the speakers... Jumped off. The, he shoved the microphone up his ass. He jumped off the speakers and he and landed into the broken glass. And he was laying on the ground bleeding. And the the sound man, whoever he was, maybe you know, maybe you know him. The sound man came out of the booth during the sound check, and there's Gigi Allen bleeding everywhere. Nobody in the place, just a sound check. Broken glass, shards of glass in his chest. He's laying there, writhing around with the microphone stuck up his ass. And the sound man could not care less about his safety. Uh, Gigi Allen saved it. He immediately just said the following words: "You just bought that fucking microphone." <laughs> <laughs> and then, as, as as he should have said, that's the correct right. response. And and no, and the sound man doesn't care. You're laying there bleeding. I don't give a shit. Bleed stuck, out, idiot! Yeah, but you, stuck you owe me a mon- Yeah. But he goes, "You just bought that fucking microphone." Is what he said to him. And then the legend has it, and this is where it gets to legend area, whether or not it's real or not. But this happened at Lounge X during a sound check. And legend has it that the microphone was kept, and it was kept in a special place, and that if a sound check, if, if, if a band came oh, in for a sound check, no. and a singer or a backup vocalist or anybody who was going to sing was being a dick during sound check, they would get the Gigi Allen microphone. Oh, my gosh. That <laughs> sounds like perfect sound man revenge. Oh, my God. I love that oh, story geez. so much. But, I mean, but that whole thing, you just bought that. He's laying there bleeding everywhere. You just bought that fucking microphone. Was oh, that's yeah, perfect. It's, per- <laughs> it's, you know, the sound man that I've known, it's going to take a lot more than that just to just to get get their dander up. They've seen it all. They've taken yeah. it all. But, boy, if you're going to stick a microphone up your ass, you're buying that microphone. Yeah, Let's see, or... You know, they- and, and then the, the rumor is that they put it in a flight. They put it in a little flight case, and they kept it in the sound booth. And that if you were a dick, if you're a band, and you're listening to this right now, if you're a band and you played at, 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 at Lounge X mm-hmm. uh, at some point and you were an asshole to the sound guy, they switched out and you got the Gigi Allen microphone oh during your show. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I just had to share that with you, you know, because I know uh, Lounge X. And I I'm missed gonna, that place. I, I'm going to ask around. I'm no, Please I do. Know, yes. Yeah. That's when I brought it up, Doc, is maybe yeah. you, you would know more than me. Uh, yeah. But that's the story that I've heard, and I hope it's true, because I'd hate it if it's not, because it's such a great story oh that I God. hope it's true. Yeah. Uh, Sunshine Boys, we played the song called The Beginning at the top of the, uh, at the, p- top of the segment here. Uh, tell me about Sunshine Boys. You've got uh, the final show at Space in a couple of days. Two yeah. new songs were released over the past month. Sunshine Boys, tell me all about it. Well, um, Sunshine Boys features myself, uh, Jacqueline Schimmel on drum, uh, not drums, on bass, Jackie Schimmel. She's been around for a while. She played with, uh, she currently plays with uh, Justin Roberts, who's a kids artist, a Grammy-nominated kids artist. She's been with him for a long time. Um, and our drummer, Frida Love-Smith, came from the Blake Babies, uh, oh, yeah. Boston-based indie yeah. rock uh, 
uh, band, and she, she's been living here in Chicago or in Evanston for 10 years or something, and we, we met and um, realized that we had actually played together at Lounge Jacks a number of years ago, then by some other friends to yeah. help them fill out a band that they were putting together for some recording or an uh, international pop overthrow event or something. Oh, yeah. um, and so we were brought in to do that, and, and there was the original bassist that they had wanted, um, uh, local rock legend Jason Narducci, was unable to do it. And I said, what about my friend Jackie? So she came in, and the three of us gelled musically instantly, and then basically we're like, uh, our friends Rich and, and Brett were like, we love you guys, but we're breaking away to form our own band because we mm. just knew something was happening there. And so that was in, I think by 2016, we had played our first gig and, and started writing, and, and we had Blue Music. Our first album came out by two, 20, uh, 2018, and we were still writing, and uh, and then the other uh, record was supposed to be uh, Work and Love, was uh, kind of completed and ready for release in 2020, but the pandemic shifted everything back. So yeah, we we just hit the ground running, and became fast friends and 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 uh, had a great um, a great run, which we're sorry to see end. But Frida is moving on. To, she's got a couple of uh, she's got contracts for a couple of books that she's writing, and they're very interesting oh, books. Wow, wow. Yeah, and so she's she's going to devote her time to that, and also some. Um, some uh, some teaching. She's going to be teaching some classes, uh, not only at Northwestern University a little bit, but also up at a bookstore in Evanston called Bookends and Beginnings, who have kind of introduced a, a whole sort of initiative of, yeah. for, for writers and stuff up there, in addition to being a bookstore. So, yeah. Well, that's great. And the game. So, yeah, is- we're, we're, we're sad to see the thing break up, but, you know, she's, she's also, as a drummer, it takes a different type of toll on your body over the years. And she's been playing right. again for just about as long as I've been. Right. Uh, out there performing, so it's it's uh, it's bittersweet, but uh, we're uh-huh. leaving feels like on a high note, and we're playing at Space, which is our has been our a great home base for us throughout the years. So, and again, uh, so much stuff going on, and again, very quickly, Expo seventy six. Uh, you play at uh, what I consider to be uh, my alma mater, which would be Simon's. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like to call Simon's my alma mater because uh-huh. I was there. For there's a period of my life when I was there every night. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And no. It's I, it's yeah. I love that bar. Uh, so do I. So do I. So yeah. much. And it's been, they they just sort of booked booked us sight unseen, basically, however long ago it was, 11 years ago, yeah. Uh, yeah. for a residency. And we've been their second Wednesday of the month for over a decade. And mm-hmm. it's great. It's a such a wonderful spot. It's so, such a you know, wonderful assortment of yahoos that go there. And they Absolutely. get our, our, our Expo 76 is a cover band that just kind of plays only plays the stuff that we really like, and that's why it's always fun yeah. and fresh. And so, yeah. yeah, it's great. And Scotty Martin, Scott Martin, Scotty Martin, you can't the, beat him. He's the that's best, a guy. Man. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, um, is the Sunday night special? Uh, are we going to hear oh, the that Sunday? Again? The Sunday night club, the radio show. Sunday night club, yes, please. Uh, that's coming back at some point. It, I had to stop doing it because of this crazy schedule that I've been on. But as things begin to loosen up a little bit, I'm going to bring it back. Um, if not every week, then certainly. Um, Every couple of weeks, but it's been it's I, I went to this community radio uh, station in Huntley, which is not far from me, and realized that they you know if you have a good idea, they said come on in for the show, and I'd been wanting to do this kind of show for a long time, music that's sort of deeper cuts, not or not even specifically that, but just stuff that I really really like, and a far far flung assortment of stuff, and I've also have been putting in fake 
spots, fake radio spots, just right. to keep myself amused and stuff. And right, so, right, right, right. so that's been fun, and that's <laughs> people can can listen to it either on Huntley huntleyradio.com or you can listen you can find a you know it's on a number of streaming apps simple radio is a good app but that's been a really fun thing for me having yeah. kind of lost my radio my radio job a few years ago it's and having grown up loving part of part of the expo 6 f76 thing is we were we were so influenced by the the AM radio charts that were happening when we were kids, it was like sure. a soul song and a rock song and a novelty song and a country song, all this stuff side by side, right. making perfect sense together. Yep. And that completely shaped our brains as yep. to how we like a variety of music. And so that's and, sort of hopefully reflected in the radio show, too. And people can get all the information. You have a terrific website. Sure. It's, I it's do. A, anybody who, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, anybody, anybody, I'm, I'm, I'm not hard to get a hold of. So right. I'm just uh, difficult to let go. DogJulian.com is the yep. is the best place to be. And also, uh, can you give my best to Stever to the Stever? For I me? will. I, I promise. I love I will. him. He's one of my radio heroes. Uh, Amen. He's one of my one of my radio gods. Uh, the Steve Dahl podcast, uh, and you're on it. You're a regular on it. You you're a regular. Contributor. Five days a week, we're we're doing it. Yeah, that's yep. amazing. That is yeah. amazing. And it just give give Steve my best. Seriously, I wouldn't I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have gotten into radio were it not for listening to him when I was a kid. Wow. And 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 like a million people have said it, but I don't give a shit. It's true. I was at Disco Demolition. I mean, I know <laughs> I know he. According to what Steve has heard, there were fifty million people there that night. Right. Right. But I was actually there. I believe you. I believe you. I've heard of the, some of the stuff that you were you as a young man. You were permitted to do quite a bunch of stuff. You yeah. know, you had you had the you had clearance to do a lot of stuff that was maybe about four or five years older than you, but I thought that's cool. So I believe you when you say yeah. that. No, it was yeah. great. But anyway, give Steve my best. Uh, he, I will. He, he's the best. And and Doc, thank you so much for doing this. You're an amazing dude, man. I, I love your music. I love your your the, your work ethic and everything about you, man. You're just you're you're, you. you're like one of my heroes, and I'm glad we got to know each other. I'm glad we're friends. You know what I mean? The, same for me, Nick. I appreciate all you do, and I'm I'm glad that you are on the utilizing the podcast format. I know that I know that your your fans are really really psyched that you're yeah. you're back with your flapper open, and uh, <laughs> everyone's you know you're talking, and you can say fuck, which is great. I can so say that, fuck. That's exactly the bonus. Right. But I'll no, see you at I'll see you at the Gale Street one of these days soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, no. We'll say absolutely, man. I'm going to try to make it out to one of the 9,000 gigs that you have coming up. (laughs) Anytime. Let me know. All right, buddy. Thanks very much. Let me play. uh, I'll I'll play you out with this. There it is. Uh, My thanks to uh, to Doc Jeweler. Uh, Doc Jeweler. And that's... um, Sunshine Boys, all the information that you need is at dogjulin.com. And that's underwater. Uh, so, my thanks to Doc. And let's say hello, as we do, uh, as we do on every uh, episode. Let's say hello to Esmeralda Lee. Esmeralda. Right here. Yeah. Esmeralda Esmeralda Leon is here. Esma, I believe that that song is now chopping, uh, chopping? 
topping the charts at number two. Oh, really? Still not a hit, though. <laughs> not, not in your world, it's not. Uh, and uh, we'll have Slap Slapley. I believe Slap Slapley's going to be on with us next week, Esmeralda. Ooh, nice. A return visit from our British cohort, Slap Slapley, to play a little round of For the Record. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, of course, the great Jason Skaggs composing the Esmeralda Esma theme song. Esmeralda, how are you? I am doing well. Yeah, good weekend? Yeah, I uh, went to see the parents, you know, it being Father's Day on Sunday yes. and all. Yes. Uh, so yeah, hung out. Hadn't in seen them in a bit. A little J Town action. Yeah, yeah. I went saw to Aldi. I, went to, <laughs> <laughs> which is what you do when you go to J Town when you go to Joliet. Yeah. Well, I take advantage because they they drive me home, so I take advantage and sure load get up a lot man. of the a bunch of groceries, so then I can um, I don't have to carry them home on the bus. <laughs> right. No, I got gotcha. you. That makes total sense. Very very cool. Uh, well, that's cool. But yeah, good old. I saw some Joliet on the big screen. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I went to go see the Blues Brothers uh, in the Mega Theater at the Pickwick Theater in Park Ridge. Um, so yeah, so you saw that our our jail. I saw your jail and that no what, longer is running. Right. I, I, I saw your think. jail and one, and I believe one street mm. uh, of Joliet, and I think the and th- that's it. Just the jail. And it might. <laughs> Might still look the same, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, they have a, they have a big overhead shot of of the jail, which you know you get to oh. see some of Joliet in that. But for the most part, uh, the Blues Brothers, the first like uh, five minutes of the movie, after after all the shots of like uh, you know the, the the helicopter shots of the of Indiana and and, and the whole area um, mm-hmm. and Illinois, uh, that the first thing that you see is Joliet Prison. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and that nice. and, and that mega theater <laughs> at the Pickwick in Park Ridge is beautiful. Mm-hmm. They really did yeah. a beautiful job refurbishing it. It's the biggest, Ooh. one of the biggest screens in the city. That's um, awesome. Matthew Hoffman, who is an old buddy of mine who um, runs the uh, the classic film series at the Pickwick Theater, he programs it. And uh, throughout the season, they do one movie a month. And the big uh, finale of the season, they'll come back in in the fall. It's like it's like it's like school. They take the summer mm-hmm. off. Um, and their big finale was the Blues Brothers, and they do a matinee at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and then they do a, a full show at 7.30 where they have uh, Jay Warren playing the big organ, you know, the big pipe organ in the theater. Yeah. Uh, and then he had the Blues Mobile out in front, the big, you know, the cop oh, car. Wow. He had that yeah. out in front. <laughs> People came in costume. They came up dressed in the black suits and the black ties. And I don't know if you remember, but Thursday was 115 degrees outside, but people still showed up in <laughs> Um, and, uh, and I went Monday just cause I hadn't been there in a long time and it's very easy to get to, you know, uh, public trans, very easy to get to mm-hmm. Pickwick theater in Park Ridge. And I had not visited the giant mega theater and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Giant screen. Um, you know, when they're not showing the classic movies, they show first run movies in that, in that theater. And, you know, for all the people that are excited about big movies like Jurassic world or Top Gun, um, you know, it's, it, it costs less money to go to the Pickwick than it would to go to like a, a, a corporate theater or an AMC theater to see those movies. Oh yeah. And the screen's even no bigger doubt. and the screen's bigger. So I don't understand why if you, if you, if you want to go see crap like Top Gun and Jurassic World because <laughs> it's big and loud, go to the Pickwick, you'll pay less and you know, it's a neighborhood theater and you'll help support that, uh, that, that, that theater. So it was, it was wonderful. I'm still not, I still don't like the Blues Brothers. So I still don't like that movie. <laughs> even though I've seen it 900 times, I still don't like it. Um, but you will still go out and support. Absolutely. 
local yeah. theaters. And there, I mean, I, there, the, some of the music numbers in it, like I love the Aretha Franklin. I love uh, You Better Think. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, my whole fav- my favorite section in that whole movie is the whole John Lee Hooker on Maxwell Street where you get to see what Maxwell Street used to look like uh, mm. leading into the, uh, to the Aretha Franklin number. That's my, my favorite section of the whole movie. Um, and the other great thing about it, it was seeing what the city used to look like because they shot the film in 1979. And so, th- uh, real uh, dirty, yeah, and awesome. <laughs> so I miss it, real um, dirty, and just yeah. kind of, yeah, just, just kind of gruff. I, I miss it. I totally <laughs> miss it. They show like the loop, you know, like a lot of it takes place. There's a whole bunch of stuff that takes place. They, like they stay in a transient hotel uh, down on Lake. And um, I remember where that location was, and I remember what it used to look like down there. And they have this <laughs> incredible shot of them driving down Randolph back mm-hmm. when the old uh, movie theaters used to be up, the big uh, grindhouses at that point, like the United mm, Arts okay. and the Woods and the, all those big – and they, they're lit up with – you know the, the marquees are all lit up and everything. Oh, it's just – and the Daily Center gets torn apart in that movie. Like they drive through the Daily Center. <laughs> yeah. It's just – yeah, so – but anyway, the mega theater at the Pickwick, please, you should check it out. I mean, it's it's cheaper than going to a to a corporate theater and, you know, and the the facilities are amazing. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at just the area mm-hmm. and there seems I mean, I haven't been but there seems to be like some cool restaurants and stuff too, so you can make a, a whole it's- day it's, night of it they've made i mean i've been i haven't gone to park ridge or the pickwick in a, in a lot of years but um you know it's, it was a regular i used to go there all the time and i still you know uh, when i wasn't now that i'm not working like overnights every night every single night mm-hmm. um and now that covid has kind of dropped down a little you know enough for people to go out uh they've turned that into a whole entertainment district there's restaurants all nice. over the place and bars and all kinds of really cool stuff so that area where the pickwick is downtown park ridge really amazing cool restaurants and places to hang out the library is incredible the the park ridge library is incredible too Mm -hmm. lots of really great stuff in that neighborhood and it's all anchored by this beautiful old school theater they've got the one big mega theater that has you know a ton of seats in it and then they have around the back they have three other cinemas smaller houses so you can see you know they're showing up to four to five films at the pickwick every week so um, people should check it out and then speaking of the other theaters that that another theater that i love the music box theater they're in the middle of their 70 millimeter film festival where they're showing all these incredible movies on they they actually you know Esmeralda when they do the 70 millimeter festival um mm-hmm. they bring in a giant screen and install it for the 3 weeks for the, oh wow like it's a giant they cover up the they cover up the stage it's so big the stage is covered um at at the music music box and a mm-hmm. giant 70 millimeter screen in order to you know, to be able to fill the image because the 70 millimeter projection and the screen is huge. So they bring in a new screen and for two weeks they use that and, and play 70 millimeter movies. They're showing stuff like, I saw Spartacus yesterday uh, nice. with Kirk Douglas, three, the three hour and 40 minute version, which was magnificent. Uh, they're showing Lawrence of Arabia. They showed 2001 A Space Odyssey, which I saw on Friday night. My favorite part of that, Ooh. have you seen Have you seen 2001 Esmeralda? I haven't. It's pretty amazing. It's And it should be seen in 70. If you're going to see it, they're doing it, I think three more times. They're showing it three more times. Okay. Over the next week. Um, and you should see it in 70 because it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing. And I'm sure that you know there's a chunk of the movie at the beginning of the movie. It, it takes place during the quote unquote dawn of man. And it's sort of the. Right. I, yeah. I know the whole like. Yeah. The, the uh, ape. Yeah. Neanderthal the, yes. throwing the bone. The, it's like a bone. The, it's a bone. Yeah. He throws it up in okay. the air. And it's one of the most one of the most famous um, jump cuts in film history is when the bone turns yeah. into the spaceship. They cut to the spaceship and it jumps ahead. 
in time. Yeah. It's like one of the most famous edits in film history. But anyway, like so, so after the movie, um, because there, the place was packed. This was Friday night. It was the opening night film, and there were I, I'm not kidding, Esmeralda. There were like maybe 700 people in the theater. I mean, it was packed. <laughs> And I'm not, no, I'm not exaggerating. Like, I mean, seriously, it was that. That's awesome, though. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. And there were so many young people there who had, like, obviously, one, you know, the film was made in 1968, and, you know, obviously they weren't around. Maybe they watched it on video at some point, but I'm positive Mm -hmm. that at least half the audience had never seen that movie before and clearly had never seen it in the ideal 70 millimeter situation that you're seeing it. And uh, so there were a group of, of, of like 20-somethings outside afterwards. And I went out and I was kind of just checking my phone and standing underneath the marquee right out in front of the theater. Mm-hmm. And the ne- I was staying for the next movie, which was John Carpenter's Starman with Jeff Bridges and Karen Allen, which is obviously a movie I love because it's John Carpenter's Jeff Bridges. So it's like, you know, my favorite director and my favorite actor. And of course I'm going to like it. And I'd never seen it in 70 millimeter. It was never shown in 70 millimeter before. So that mm-hmm. turned out to be great too. But as I'm waiting there, you know, like their phone, I'm listening. I'm kind of listening to conversations about people talking about 2001. And there's this group of these 20-somethings who are standing near me. And I overheard one of them say, I'll tell you, though, that monkey shit made no fucking sense. <laughs> that was like their comment. About that. I'll tell you, that monkey shit made no fucking sense. <laughs> but anyway, that's, under, that's happening right now, the 70-millimeter festival at the Music Box Theater. Uh, it goes on through the end of uh, June. And nice. uh, they're showing more movies. And if you haven't had a chance, 2001, you'll be able to see that again. They're showing West Side Story. They're showing, uh, like I said, Lawrence of Arabia. You'll be able to see that. Spartacus is being screened again. I'm going to go see um, Brainstorm, which is the last movie that Natalie Wood made before she was mysteriously dead. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, Geronimo, um, which is the Walter Hill Western uh, with West Studios, Geronimo and Jason Patrick. Uh, great movie. Uh, really great. That six people have seen. And that's going to be in 70 millimeter. <laughs> Well, more people will see it now. Yes. And then for <laughs> some reason, I don't know, you know, I've been, I've been teasing Steve about this because Steve Procopi, who you'll hear on Friday's uh, podcast, uh, he's like the PR guy over at the Music Box. And mm-hmm. I gave him nonstop shit because they're showing Flatliners in 70 millimeter, which, which is a movie. Is that, that the, with um... Kiefer Sutherland, Julia Roberts. Yes. Yeah. Kevin yes, Bacon. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, okay. The let Let's see if we can fuck with death. You know, we're you know. And, yeah. 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 That and their show for some reason I don't know why they're showing it in seventy millimeter. That's amusing. I'll be skipping that one. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, you should check it out if you if you get a chance. So yeah, for um, sure. Oh wait, hold on. Wait, hold it. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and yeah. I love Nick's show. I Hi, know. I'm Carrie Russell, yeah, I and I love Nick's show. She's been, you know, waiting. I said, we'll see you out there in a bit. It's been getting really rough. It's been hot, and it's going to be hot all week. Poor Carrie uh, is out yeah. there. But it's not like there's relief in here. Get her, in a, my... get her a glass of water, at uh, least. Get her, oh, I, get, I bring out <laughs> pitchers of water for her and, uh, and everything. But anyway, uh, my dad's going to tell a joke, as you know. Very That's nice. coming up. And uh, we are going to finish up the 90s uh, movie music, like great songs and great music from soundtracks of the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. But this book, Are You Shitting Me? Are you ready for more, more facts that will scare the crap out of you? Yes. Okay. I love to hear your reactions to these. <laughs> That's why I Absolutely. got this book. Absolutely. That's why I got this book. Okay. <laughs> these are food related. So these are always fun, you know, if you want to be grossed out. Uh, let's see. According to University of Washington researchers, 2,000 calories worth of fast or junk food costs $3.52 per day. The same amount of nutritious foods costs just 36 
costs closer to $36 per day. That's very depressing. It is. So if you want to, if you want to <laughs> eat not very healthy, scary. Yeah, that's just more like a sad reality. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not scary. That's just sad. They should uh, they should qualify a few of these, don't you think? Yeah, they would. They would just have like maybe <laughs> little um, little faces, you know, like a smiley face, a next sad to, face. Yeah, yeah. Next to each fact. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There you go. Because uh, that was fact number six seventy, and they just have like a finger pointing at each fact. They don't have a judgment call. <laughs> okay. They don't judge it. But anyway, like, well, eat- we think this is scary. <laughs> yeah. You got nothing to say about it. It's published. So um, <laughs> how about this? Because livestock is fed hormones, cows produce double the amount of milk today than they did 20 years ago. The hormone, uh, which is called uh, RBST, uh, which mm-hmm. is like a bovine somatopatrin, uh, has been associated with many types of cancer, uh, including colon, prostate, and breast. Well, you better watch out, Nick. Yeah, the yeah, the prostate thing. Well, you love milk. Yes, I do. I was going to say. Do you get yeah. like fancy milk, or do you just get no, regular I get, old? I get regular. I get I get Dean's. I get a gallon of Dean's whole milk, and I go through it in a week. Yeah, you better watch yourself. Yeah. All right. My prostate <laughs> yeah, now. I'm I'm pushing fifty-seven. My prostate's the size of a Buick at this point. I get up and like. <laughs> Pee in every 15 minutes. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was God. Talk- I was talking to Steve Cochran. By the way, Steve Cochran is back, Morning Drive. You can actually listen to something good on Morning Drive now. He's on, w- <laughs> he's on WLS 890, WLS, the big 89 AM. He's on every morning, Monday through Friday, 530 to 9 AM, and he sounds fantastic. Um, on Andrea Darlis, our old buddy from, uh, from the car wash, as Steve calls it. He calls it the car wash, <laughs> which I love. Uh, uh, he calls it the car wash, uh, and uh, and my old buddy who was my old producer at the car wash, Tom Hush, he's nice. there, and the the show sounds great. Anyway, he was talking um, um, about uh, uh, we were talking about being old, and and uh, prostates came up. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's that's what happens when men, you know, men hit their fifties. It's like every every other conversation is like, yeah, how many times did you pee last night? You know, yeah, you got to get some of that stuff that. Uh, uh, Who's the old Sox player? Do you have you seen those ads? Frank Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a boner pill, isn't it? Is it? I thought it was I like for Frank prostate. Tom- I thought it was uh, just for men health in general. No, you know what? That's one of those very sketchy boner pill ads where they make it seem like it's about <laughs> men health. You know what I mean? No, the Frank Thomas one, and there's another uh, athlete in that with him, and I can't remember who it is. Uh, I think it's a golfer, a pro golfer. But the two of them, but it's yeah. so vague. You know, it, it, you know, Esmeralda does, it makes it sound like, oh, this is good for men's health. Maybe you think prostate care, you know, stuff like that. It's yeah, because they're like, oh, like I work out now and I nope. feel better in energy. And it's then a, they add at the end, it's also ask your lady about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's a boner pill. It's like a, bo- it's oh, like a, it's a, it's a boner pill. Yeah. That's why they bring in, I love that they bring in the lady at the end and she's all, doesn't say anything. She just smiles and looks at the camera. She's like, like yeah. ooh. Frank Thomas bones me good. <laughs> oh, God. How about this one? 400 or more insect fragments or 22 or more rodent hairs are allowed in every 100 grams of ground cinnamon. Ground cinnamon? Yeah. That... <laughs> 400 or more insect fragments or 22 or more, hundred or more rodent hairs are in every... I'm just... 100 grams. Cinnamon. Yeah. That's just an odd, like, Yeah, I don't know why. I'm not sure why. Interesting. I wonder. Yeah. I actually, well, wait. So cinnamon 
is yeah. made from tree bark. Like a is, not like any old tree, but it's like some specific tree. Oh, okay. I always the, I, the cinnamon you know, or whatever. I, so you know when you see the like whole cinnamon, it's like little it sticks. It looks like right. sticks. It's yeah, like rolled the little, up it like rolled up circular sticks. Yeah, it's like rolled up tree bark. Right, and you stick those in your little hot apple cider. You have those sticking exactly. out exactly, and then you suck on them. But yeah, it comes from it's the inner bark of like a specific tree. I like cinnamon, man. You ever see those idiots take the cinnamon challenge on the old uh, intranets? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, and why? they all freak out. Well, yeah, it's powder. Why? But why okay. would you? Yeah, I could do a teaspoon of cinnamon. No, you can't. And then you end up coughing and spitting up cinnamon all over the place. And then you look like, yeah. a je- you look like an idiot. It is very is- good for you, though. Cinnamon? Yes. Some people hate cinnamon. I know people who don't like it. Really? I don't understand. Yeah. No, no, no. I know people who hate cinnamon. I love I wonder it. If it's, I wonder if it's because they've tried like fake cinnamon flavor, you know, like candy cinnamon flavor. Maybe. Because that is not the same at no. all as like... You know, if you get actual yeah. cinnamon, yeah, it's completely different. But uh, but anyway, if I hope people who do enjoy cinnamon enjoy insect fragments and rodent hair. That's um, fine. Protein. <laughs> that's that's a good way of looking at it. How about this? The FDA says that tomato paste is inedible only if more than forty five percent of it is moldy. <laughs> really? Oh, what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's inedible. If only 45% of it is moldy. So at 40%, you're fine. Oh, man. 44%, you're fine. So does that mean like, so wait, what the tomato paste we're getting is already somewhat moldy? That would be my guess. Or Uh, or is it like... After you open it and you leave it out. Right, and you leave it in the in the can. in the fridge or something, or yeah, because that's what I do. <laughs> and I like mold to, on it. Yeah, that's what I like to do. I like to open up my can of tomato paste, take out one spoonful, and then stick it in the fridge for three months yep. without covering yep. it. That's mm-hmm. yeah. Um, top tip. <laughs> yeah. Top, uh, ooh, top tip. Okay. I have a top tip for you. Uh, if okay, you what's do, your top tip? so if you have, so when you have extra tomato paste, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, spoon it into a plastic baggie. Like a little freezer bag, um, and then flatten it and put it in the freezer, and then you can save it. And then all you have to do is just break off pieces when you need it. Oh, mm-hmm. Good tip. Yeah, that's what that I've was, been doing. Ooh, good tip. That was that was I, my line <laughs> reading from uh, that was that was me doing Albert Brooks uh, from uh, uh, Broadcast News. Oh. When, uh, when when William Hurt is coaching him on how to do the he, – because he's going to be on TV doing the news, anchoring the news for mm-hmm. the first time. Mm-hmm. So William Hurt is giving him tips. And one of them is to sit on the back of his jacket, to pull the back of his jacket down and sit on it so his shoulders are, are, are you know, slimmer. So, like, his, his jacket doesn't oh. punch up on the shoulders. And so, that's like – That's uh, a good tip. Yeah, and, and after he sit, he's like, just, just sit on the back of your jacket and because and he, he was, like, refusing to do it. And then he finally sits on it, and he looks at himself in the camera, and he goes, "Ooh, good tip." So that's the <laughs> that's the Oh man! All right, that's a good. But tip. yeah, you just flatten it, and then yeah, you save yourself moldy tomato paste. That's a good tip. <laughs> it is good tip. Well, you Albert. save yourself. You save yourself the forty percent or whatever. That's not You're right. Forty five percent of moldy, but is uh, is saved. Okay, last one. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, as much as 5% of your maraschino cherries can legally contain maggots. 
That's too much. 5%. I, I would think any percent of, of maggots is too much. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. How Like, if we now, get maraschino cherries. Like a jar because, of maraschino cherries. Yeah, because, I mean, you you can't. I mean, maraschino cherries aren't real, right? They're processed. Like They're... those aren't real. Like you can't go some to a tree somewhere and find maraschino no. cherries. No, 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 no. Those These are, are brine. like somehow... they're like they're brined uh, or something to that effect. You know what I mean? They're they're yeah. They're not real. They're not like it's not like there's, there's you know yeah. Um, so my thing is like, will we be finding maggots in hmm. the jar? Sure. That's my question. Like, how do they? <laughs> because you'd think, can you imagine having to like, you find a maggot and you're yeah. just like, you go back to the store and they're like, no, no, we're legally. That's uh, it... under 5%. Right. So we well, you know, okay. do you know how many, how many bars who have rank, you know, the, you know, the, the fruit containers that you have, what, are they, what do they call those things with the little, you know, the, the, the little drawers? That bartenders have. Oh you have, yeah. One has uh, lime. Um, one has sliced lemon. One has. They, well, anyway, those those things where your fruit is, your chopped fruit. Yeah. Some of those some of those bars don't. They just take them and throw them in the cooler over and over again and don't replenish the fruit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some, some shitty bars and like if they put a cherry in your drink or something and there's a maggot in it, they can go. Oh yeah, but that's it's fine. Even if it is it's their fine. fault. It's under five percent. It's under five percent. That's a that's a two percent maggot. So go ahead and chow down on your. Also, on your... I'm like, <laughs> I have a jar of maraschino cherries in my fridge right now that's been there for so long. I think maraschino cherries can last long. Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But yeah. like, even well, you know why? Because it's all those maggots. They they keep them safe. <laughs> the maggots are in there eating everything else. <laughs> You know, you know, you know, you know it's good when there's a maggot in your maraschino cherries, there you right? Go. Oh my god! All right, well, now I'm some... curious what five percent is. Yeah, see, now the thing, the, the the one thing about this book is that it's all it is is lists of these facts. So there's no mm-hmm. explanation for them. That's why it's so fun to dr- bring them up with you because you'll you. Th- this is why I love it so much because you bring up all the questions that need to be brought up about yeah. the about. Well, these I'm facts. just like I don't know what five percent is because I don't. I just don't know math. Yeah, <laughs> I don't either. I'm not going to help. I'm not going to be able to help you. The Was author that one, two maggots. How many probably per depending jar? on I guess depending on how many how many maraschino cherries are in the jar. Like are if they it's a actually, little jar. The other thing is maybe is it is it five percent of the liquid that the maraschino cherries come in because it, the maggots might not be in the cherries. They might be in the liquid. So does that you know what I mean? It's a whole bunch of just components. Like maggots are big, aren't they? I guess if you let them grow, maybe if they're just tiny maggots. They're microscopic yeah. is there such a thing as microscopic maggots sure yeah 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 i'm sure there's, yeah i think i probably have some on my I scalp hope so. right now yeah Ooh. <laughs> i'm kidding um but anyway the book is called are you shitting me so if you have questions esmeralda the author's Oof. name is is carrie mcneil c-a-r-y carrie mcneil all right carrie mcneil he also wrote a He's book called you a long email he also wrote a book called scared shitless so i don't know what this guy i, wow. I don't Oh, wait a minute, here. You were thrilled by the towering inferno. If you were terrified by earthquake, then you will be scared shitless by the Samuel L. Bronkowitz production of That's Armageddon. Yeah, there it is. Hey, by the way, uh, Esmeralda, uh, last Mm. night uh, uh, at the uh, 70 Millimeter Festival, they showed the original granddaddy of them all. 
disaster movies, Airport with Burt Lancaster and Dean Martin and you know Van Heflin and uh, Jacqueline Bissett. Just the original, the very original disaster movie. Um, and it was crazy because there were like 200 people in a movie theater to see the Airport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, God. when was the last time... This, that by was the way, probably anywhere. This know? was the war. I'm not kidding. This was the first time that a public screening ever. It was the world premiere of the 70 millimeter print of Airport last night at the Music Box. World premiere. Wow. We were the first audience in the world to see the new 70 millimeter print of 1970s Airport. <laughs> That's. Uh... <laughs> It's quite an honor. It is That's quite a feat. <laughs> so, and speaking of movies, uh, we were talking the last time of classic songs from uh, from movies in the '90s. And by the way, yes. if you ever want to jump in with your uh, thoughts, if we've got a topic, or if it's it's from the "Are you shitting me?" thing or anything, uh, you can leave us a voicemail with your thoughts, your questions, your comments. We want to hear from you. Uh, voicemail seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight. Uh, email us, uh, nickdpodcast at gmail.com, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Um, so there you go. All right. You ready to, to go back to some of these, uh, some of these classic songs from oh, yes. these movies? What are some of oh, yes. the, a couple of the other ones that you The last one we talked about was Kiss from a Rose. That was the last one we did from the Batman Returns. Yes. Movie. What are some of the other ones um, that pop out at you here? So I don't remember this or I didn't see this movie, mm-hmm. but the song is... I mean, come on. Uh, Warren G's Regulate? Yeah. I remember. What movie is it from? I'm, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse I me. I always forget. Uh, Above the Rim. Oh, yeah. That's actually a good movie. I just, Above the Rim. I just know the movie. song. Oh, is yeah. it? I just know the song. And then, you know, my favorite part where they just yell, Regulators! <laughs> and that's... Uh, <laughs> That's the sample of regulators. Keep forgetting. We're not in and over. And oh, yeah. It's that's Mr. The, uh, what's it's Michael face? McDonald. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael McDonald. Like, I keep oh. forgetting. We're not in and over. That's the, that's the riff that's sampled. That, don't, like, I don't, don't, again, don't again, understand don't, yeah. how much of a jam it already was. Because <laughs> you think, like, Michael McDonald. Yeah. Oh, well, some people are like, no, he is a jam. I, he's, I, he's, I don't he's, necessarily think that. So he's, play, he's played the I... Steely Dan, so he's, he, gets, he, is, he gets all my respect. <laughs> he's, 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 an unofficial, he's an official doobie brother and an unofficial member of the Dan. So he's all right. Mm. And, 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 I am the, and by saying that, I'm the whitest man on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, when you think hip-hop songs and things like that, you just don't yeah. assume the well, samples are going to, like... I, I be, remember be catchy on their own. It's like, oh wow, well, you know, they didn't I mean, really have you, to mess with it. Do you know that California? That uh, yeah, da, that one too. Da, 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 that's Joe I'm Cocker. Just like, Wait, that's Joe Cocker, and that song yeah. fucking rules. I just and, did not expect the original to be such a jam. Oh, already. it's so good. And so <laughs> when I heard the when I heard the because I'm old, so when stuff from the '90s, the the rap stuff from the '90s, uh, became nothing but samples. You know what I mean? Like recognizing mm-hmm. the samples when when Puff Daddy just started like basically singing over, you know, every breath you take, which is essentially that's all he did. <laughs> um, I was like, wait a minute, that's and when I heard California, Californian, with the goddamn Thunderdome, yeah, uh, video, yeah. goddamn Mad Max Thunderdome video. But anyway, I was like, hey, that's Joe Cocker, man. 
you know, and the, when, and the origi- when I and I think I learned it from you. Oh, <laughs> did you? That Joe Cocker that that was his sample, and I was yeah. like, and I remember listening to the original and going, "Oh my god!" Yeah, it's a great song. <laughs> yeah, it's a great song. <laughs> da, na, 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 na. Yeah, it's a great. I just song. didn't, you know. Usually, when you see samples, they usually have to gussy well, them up a little bit. Like yeah. you hear the the kind of the original little bit there but it depends like on who these are just jams it, I, I think like, you know i think it depends on who your you know who your producer is because like uh like somebody like hank shockley and those guys the guys who produce pe they would take like 12 different songs and mix them all together for your mm-hmm. for the hip-hop songs and the guys who did like paul's boutique jesus christ the 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 complicated samplings on that record are unbelievable like there's like in one song there's like 15 different songs that are sampled every 30 seconds and but But yeah to be able to just take the one sample and be like it's good now as it is yeah yeah i mean you know people give vanilla ice a bunch of shit but it was okay when dre did it you know what i mean like (laughs) you know like vanilla ice just took he took um under pressure well that's because he didn't want to pay him yeah that's and true. I think I don't know when it started. Well, the the, the, the whole pa- pain people. It started <laughs> after. Sample. It started. It started after Vanilla Ice. It started like when when yeah. when by the time the Chronic came out, people had to pay. By the time the Chronic came out, it yeah. was like, okay, now you got to pay. This shit's been going on for way too long. You got to pay now. Um, but yeah, the most like like for instance, like uh, the the Men in Black. Um, yes, that's forget me nots on this list. <laughs> Of 90s soundtrack songs. Because it's uh, Men in Black, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, that's, that's Forget-Me-Nots by, by uh, Patrice... Um, oh, shit. I forgot her last name. I'm sure it's in there. Uh, Russians. Yeah, Patrice Russians. Um, and that, you know, like... I Because I can't stand Will Smith, so when I heard the Men in Black song, I was like, fuck you. It made me mad. You're not... You're not a... Uh, you weren't excited when it became the Willennium? <sighs> <laughs> no, and I never, never once in my life got jiggy with it. Never once. And I believe, are we still in the millennium? I wish. I'm not I, quite sure. No, not not after that slap. We're not. That that ended. Uh. That ended pretty quickly. I've never been in the millennium. I was never on the train. I was. You never, were never ever. for the millennium. No, I was anti millennium <laughs> since the day I saw that guy do anything. But yeah, but I mean, like that original song, like "Forget Me Nuts." That's a jam. That's a fly ass mm-hmm. jam. Yeah. So yeah. Hey, if we're going into hip hop, how about this one mm-hmm. uh, from Dangerous Minds, Gangsta's Paradise from Coolio? Oh boy! Now, what, what do you mean? Oh boy! That what? song. Well, no, it's just it kind of. So to me, even at the time, it was interesting because Coolio is not who I would think to be hard. Well, no, because he's he's <laughs> and riding they were around trying to go for that in videos. He's riding around on big wheels and shit. You know, like in the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one video where he's like he's he was coolio was always sort of wacky he had the crazy hair exactly and then, he had like fun time uh videos and songs yeah. and then yeah. he does this like very serious yep <laughs> yep and uh and Although, he was re- he was hardcore for a while and to the point where he did he was pissed because uh weird al did uh, amish paradise and he was he, he was did. he was he was pissed because he's like this is a very serious song about a very serious topic gangsters and you know the gang, the gang, the gang world, and and the inner city, and I don't want this guy making fun of it. And then, like about two years later, he's like, "I, I made a mistake. The, it's funny." <laughs> well, it was a misunderstanding. If right. you watch the, if you watch right. the behind the music, <laughs> right. 
<laughs> hey, this by is, the way, this is pretty much the only drama of Weird Al's behind hey, the music. <laughs> uh, you know that Weird Al movie is coming up. Um, yeah, with uh, uh, Daniel I've Radcliffe. I've seen the trailer. It I've looks, seen the trailer too. Did it looks see, pretty good. Did you see who's playing Madonna? No, um, Evan, probably, Evan, but who? Evan, Evan Rachel Wood. Evan Rachel oh, Wood's <laughs> playing Madonna. I can't. It can't stand it. I'm so excited. Oh wow! When's it come her. out? Uh, it's streaming. Shit! It's one of the services. Look it up. Oh, it's streaming. Yeah, okay. it's streaming. It's not. A, it's not going to get a theatrical. It might. It might end up in theaters because you know how sometimes streaming movies show up for like the first weekend in mm-hmm. a movie theater if you want to see them. Mm-hmm. Like that last Adam Sandler movie, Hustle, which is on Netflix, that was in theaters for about three days last week. Right. And now, but, but I don't know. But anyway, the Weird Al thing, and I can't remember what it's called. Uh, the weird, it it's, is, uh, it's just called Weird, the right. Al Yankovic story. And it's Daniel Radcliffe is Weird Al, and a whole bunch of other people are in it, and um, Evan Rachel Wood plays Madonna, um, and I can't remember what platform it's streaming on, but it's streaming on one of the, one of the, uh, one of the platforms. Um... But yeah, my Google is making it difficult to. It's the, oh it's, uh, it... oh wait no I don't know okay all right well we'll figure it out <laughs> oh I think they still there it's they they have it for fall oh okay so it's not yeah they still fall. don't have like a set date okay all right well anyway that's the Weird Al we got a little sidetracked there but Weird Al did do <laughs> um, um, Amish Paradise uh, he did Coolio. the thing about the Coolio about and I, I love Gangsters Paradise I love that song I love it. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great song. Video is a bit, you know, I get uh, what they're trying to go for. It's yeah. very serious, but then yeah. you know, it's Michelle Pfeiffer walking yeah. into a, a room, I, turning a seat around. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I, you know, it's serious, and lo- just uh, she turns a turns a chair around sideways and like sits no. down right in front of Coolio, like she's gonna cross examine Coolio with a chair she's getting serious i think she says chair. something like did you want to talk yeah. to me about this a, you got something to say to me or something <laughs> oh like something. my god now but see uh. the, th- the thing is i love michelle pfeiffer's she's one of my favorite uh humans that's ever existed in the world mm-hmm. i love her very very much she's one of my favorite actresses ever and uh i and i like that movie despite the fact that it's not very good because i love her yeah and and i like the song like legitimately i like the song the video is ridiculous but i love it because of her <laughs> yeah i mean i remember watching that movie and getting very invested in all the characters yeah no so. you know i mean it's it's fine you know what i mean it's the it's the it's the whole like teacher helping the student in the inner yes. city movie i mean shit yes, James, yes, yes jim belushi made one of those <laughs> jim belushi was the was the hard guy inner city it was called the principal and it was with, mm. Jim, with Jim Belushi as an inner city principal. And then there was also those other movies that got made, The Substitute, which turned it completely different. Yeah, The Substitute. Tom Berenger was in one of those. I don't think he was really helping them. But. No, he was like, go, oh, because he went into the school and they were killing people. And so he's like, I'm The Substitute. I don't care. I'll kill you back. It was one of those, like, I'm the teacher. <laughs> that, like, I, I will say this. One of my favorite movies ever has that sort of plot. That's 187 with Samuel Jackson. Um, where uh, I, I think it's Samuel Jackson's best performance, and he plays uh, a, a teacher at the beginning of the movie in inner city in the uh, in the in the Bronx who gets stabbed mm-hmm. by Method Man. By oh. the way, he gets stabbed oh, repeatedly no. by Method Man, and then recovers from that in L.A. becomes a substitute teacher at a school filled with gangs and violence and stuff. And he, you know, he may or may not start killing gangbangers in that movie. You don't know. 
Oh, really? I think I started watching it. It's so good. It's one of my favorite. (laughs) That's when Clifton uh, Gonzalez Gonzalez was Clifton Gonzalez Gonzalez. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I think I watched a little bit of it. Yeah. Because I remember he came back to teach, and they're like, why would you That's what he's like. What are you doing here? You've been stabbed. (laughs) John Hurd is in it. It's a great movie. It is a great movie. What are you doing here? You've been stabbed. (laughs) Like, repeatedly, by Method Man. You don't get stabbed by Method Man and then come back. There's so many jobs you can have. Yeah, they won't well, he wants you. to. He wants to be a teacher. That's what the movie. The movie's brilliant, by the wow. way, and it's got one of the best soundtracks mm. ever. Like seriously, oh. one of the best soundtracks ever. Uh, and that fits into the conversation. That movie is nobody has seen it. It's brilliant. It's you know why? It's because it's really fucking depressing. Like it's got if you if you yeah. when you watch it, Esmeralda, it has mm-hmm. maybe the polar opposite of any kind of happy ending. It is the most. Dark, <laughs> nihilistic, and depressing ending you will ever see. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. I could, I could understand like, it. Oh, like, it's very, um, it, there's a lot of uh, what was known at the time as, well, yeah, what was known at the time as Electronica. Oh, yeah, no. Esmeralda, you, seriously, I know you, I know you, okay? You would love the soundtrack to this movie. I guarantee yeah, I, it's, I mean, it is, Massive Attack. Oh, uh, Galliano, everything but the Galli- Galliano, the soundtrack. I mean, just the music is unbelievable. Method Man himself is on there. He's got two songs yeah, on the soundtrack. Yeah, and it's a Prodigy remix. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, Fuck yeah. I'm telling you, Esmeralda, that, that is one of my favorite soundtracks ever is the, the soundtrack to 187 and one of my favorite movies. Uh, I think one of the best movies of the 90s. Nice. And, 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 and I think it's Samuel Jackson's best performance ever. And he's been in 600 movies yeah. just this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm always amazed when I see him. Well, I I don't even know why I'm amazed anymore when I see him in a movie that I didn't. I was like, oh, of course you are. Yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah. Samuel. He's in he's in everything. He's in everything. So but another, no, that's, yeah, another um, going along the lines of the whole electronica and the trip hop that was huge in the '90s. Yeah, uh, Six Underground by Sneaker Pimps is such a good song. Have you heard that? You've heard this song. Yeah, well, what's... What, it's, so it was it, on the Saint soundtrack. Oh, the Coward Valkyrie. <laughs> yes. But the song on its own, like, the song is amazingly good. I know the song. I do like the song. Yes, I know the song. Um, I, have, I have a weakness for that. Like, I, I remember uh, when um, this girl moved in with me, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, she brought in her CDs, and you know how you have doubles? Like, if you move in with someone, you... Well, people don't do that anymore. Now they don't have CDs. But, like, when you moved in I with someone CDs. back... In those days, and you moved in with someone, you would double up your CDs sometimes. Like if you had the same oh, kind of... Oh, I see. And I wrote a, I wrote a, actually wrote a scene in the vinyl shop, the adaptation of High Fidelity that I did, where a guy mm-hmm. brings in his doubles to the record store, and they say, are these your doubles or her doubles? And he mm. says, they're, mo- they're, they're mine. He's like, and the guys behind the counter are like, no, we can't take them because you're going to break up. So you can't sell your... You can't sell your CDs. Just you keep to, them in a yeah, box exactly. somewhere. Just you have to keep them or sell hers. <laughs> sell her doubles. Don't sell you. Don't sell yours. So that was the wow. thing. But when this girl moved in, and at one point, um, she had two copies, and I had two copies for some reason, and n- none of us, neither of us, knew the reason why. But we both had two copies, and when we moved in together, we suddenly in our apartment had four copies of "Fat of the Land" by Prodigy. There was this, wow. <laughs> I mean, that way, you know, you lose one, you got another one. No, you can't. You can't. You, you can can't put not it in, in. You can put it in different CD players. You, like. you can never, as far as I'm concerned, as well, you can never have enough copies of Fat of the Land. Right. As far as I'm concerned, uh, I remember I went with my 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 second uh, uh, my second ex wife Heather 
um, uh, we went to go see Prodigy, and she didn't like. She didn't know them really well. Mm-hmm. She was like, I don't know this electronica shit, and I'm like, just let's go. And we saw them at the Congress when we first started dating, and uh, and she was like, what the hell? Because I was I went kind of nuts at the show because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love Prodigy. And I went kind of nuts. And she's like, are you? Because she was a punk rock girl, but she never got into the electric sort of electronica punk rock stuff. Right. Because that wasn't, that was poser stuff. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. And so no, she was it. there. Yeah, yeah. She was there. And it looked like something like it looked like when we walked in, because we were up in the balcony in the corner uh, uh, of the Congress. But down on the main floor, it looked like the, it looked like the last scene in Strange Days. It literally looked like. Oh that. yeah, no, totally understand that. That makes complete sense for a Prodigy concert. But they were. Have you had you ever seen them before? Uh, before uh, the lead singer uh, Keith, uh, uh, before he died. No, I unfortunately oh. never got to see them. They I was. I would have died and gone to heaven if I had gotten to when I was in my teens. But oh, they were so. That wasn't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, as well. At one point, in one apartment. Uh, that I lived in, there were four copies of Fat of the Land. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and uh, we neither of us complained. We were like, and I'm yeah. also like, where are they all now? Well, they, oh, two of them are still here. The other two, I oh, don't know. Well, I like that you still have two of them. No, I'm, I'm not going to give any of them up. <laughs> we and we also had for some one, reason we also had one the- we had three copies of Check Your Head. I don't know how that happened, but between <laughs> us, we had three copies of Check Your Head. I have no idea. Goodness. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah. But anyway, Prodigy, they rule. So, all right. Uh, hey, my dad's got to tell a joke. You want to hear a joke? Yes. And then we'll, and then we'll taste our barf lollipop. Mmm. <laughs> you sound very excited about that. It should right? be. It'll be fine. Uh, it'll be. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. Yeah, hi, Carrie. I Get out of the way. It's my dad. Nick's show. I know, baby. I know you do. Hold on. It's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. What'd I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Oh, yes! Here we go! Yeah. So, um... My dad let uh, he came in and uh, and and pushed uh, Carrie Russell out. Now he's ready to tell a joke. As you know, as wow. well, my dad who will be my dad will be eighty one in September. Uh, nice. Still works at least four or five, and I'm not kidding, four or five nights a week at Jewel. Um, Very good. Yeah, still keeping going. Uh, keeps him going. My, you working. know what? My dad, um, who is seventy something, he's mm-hmm. still working as well. But he believes. I mean, not like. He enjoys it that much, but he thinks that he still, you know, you still need to keep going. Like even oh, when yeah. you're older, you still have like work or something because if you just like stop, yep, that's where <laughs> that's what's going to get you. I know, I <laughs> and I know exactly what your dad is saying. And and if if my dad is any any indication of that, that's absolutely true. And he keeps my mom going too. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like because my dad is working, he comes home. They, my my dad is always like, "Come on, let's go outside. Let's go do this. Let's go to this store. Let's go to that store." And they keep busy, like they're not just sitting yeah. around at home. Uh, but my dad, especially, uh, and 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 everywhere he goes, you've met my dad. Everywhere he goes, mm-hmm. he tells he tells people jokes and shit. He loves to. Oh yeah. So I love his now. whole wallet joke oh, business. Oh my god! Here's my card. Here's a picture of my ex. I, uh, it's, it's so good. It's the best. It's so good. All right, are you ready for my dad's joke today? 
Yes. All right, Dad, let's hear your joke. I told my doctor my son swallowed a roll of film. The doctor said, have a seat over there and we'll see what develops. (laughs) 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 That was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. Evidently, I I swallowed a roll of film. (laughs) (laughs) That really... Oh, that would have man. been difficult. I feel. And you know what? Five percent was maggots. I don't know if you knew that. Or yeah, not, but that's okay. It's, yeah. okay. it's okay. FDA, perfectly fine. <laughs> now, speaking of weird food and weird stuff, uh, Deanna has given us a giant bag, and I think we're 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 running. We're close to using it all up. Yeah, we've got we've got a few more to go. We're getting um, we're getting to the yeah to the bottom. Getting to the bottom. We've been doing taste tests of very weird candy. This is from Melville. Yes. And it's- so this was a, a three-pack of blood uh, boogers, and, and now barf. we have barf. Barf. All Bs. Yes. The alliteration. Blood, barf, and boogers. Right. The alliteration lollipop. So I'll tell you, I kept eating the blood one because yeah. I like cherry. Yeah. And it was fine. Okay. Um, but I did, it did start to like, it had pieces of stuff. Mm-hmm. Which I'm assuming were are like supposedly supposed to be like blood clots, <laughs> right? Right. That's what it, I would, it would think. That I would say was getting unsettling, because you're trying to eat this and you're just like, "What in the oh, oh, oh blood okay. clots?" Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this this one is um, the Melville Barf Lollipop. Now I will say this: mm-hmm. it is root beer barf. So uh, is this does yes. this mean that uh, it's it's supposed to taste like root beer that's been vomited up? Unfortunately, no. Oh, it's just like root beer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just root beer. Okay, so a barf um, lollipop that is root beer flavored. Yeah, and it's got little, um, little, little Dot. sprinkles inside little of it. Dots so in I there. guess we'll, we'll find out what those are once we get there. But okay. All right. Well, here we I'll go. I'll report it... back because I'm sure yeah. I'll eat it all. <laughs> okay. Well, Esmeralda's going to eat the whole thing. We'll, we'll get into a, a second report. But the initial report here of Melville's barf lollipop. Here we go. Oh, I like that. Mm. I like root beer, so. Yeah, it's good. I am okay with this one. Me too. You know those little um, those little barrel hard candies? Mm. That are, those are delicious. It's mm-hmm. similar to that. It's similar to that. I don't know if it's quite Very as good. Very much so. I don't know if it's quite as good, but it's similar. No. It still has that kind of like fake sweet candy taste. Like, yeah. Just kind of like cheapy candy taste yeah which is fine but um i like i like this barf lollipop there it is barf lollipop uh, two thumbs up and then esmeralda <laughs> as you continue to demolish it on the next episode you can uh, <laughs> let us know what the little uh dot yeah things I'll, let, are. I'll let you know the little dots okay. are. all right uh okay so thumbs up on the barf lollipop there we go mm-hmm. hey uh coming up on friday's uh podcast episode 46 Eric Children, Steve Procopi are going to join me, and we'll review the new unbelievably shitty Elvis uh, movie. <laughs> oh, did I say that out loud? Did I say that I think it's one of the worst movies what? ever? What? Oh. oh. So we'll review that and the new horror movie where um, Ethan Hawke wears crazy masks and tries to kill kids. Are you excited for that one? I am very excited for it. Yes. Okay. Because I know the, that you said you, you, really like, you really like Ethan. I, I do like Ethan Hawke, the director. You're a fan of Ethan. The director is Scott Derringer, who did the first uh, Doctor Strange movie, but he also did the um, Exorcism of Emily uh, Rose. 
Okay. Uh, from years. I don't ago. think we've ever seen Ethan Hawke like this, right? Not like a psycho child killing bad guy. He's played. Yeah, like he doesn't do bad. He's played guys, villain. Really. He's played villains before, but not quite like psycho. Let's lock a kid in the basement and kill him. Yeah, nothing like nothing like this. Yeah, I mean, so. I don't. You know, you probably know him better than I do. Yeah. I mean, like he's played he's villains, done. but but nothing weird like this. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll review it on Friday. Uh, and Esmeralda, Exciting. you'll be back on Friday as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jason Skaggs, thanks to him. By the way, if you want to be a sponsor, you can advertise on the Nick D podcast. You'll reach a lot of people. For some reason, a lot of people listen to this, Esmeralda. <laughs> Great um, And we thank you. I love you, like, for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> if you want to sponsor it, people will hear you. People will hear it. People will come, Ray. Uh, <laughs> sales at RadioMisfits.com. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Sponsor us. Uh, send a voicemail, 773-417-6948. Email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Rate and review us on every platform. Take the time to do that and check out radiomisfits.com. And we will talk to you again on a Friday. My thanks to Dog, uh, Julian, for, uh, for dropping in on this episode, too. And to everybody at Radio Misfits, uh, thank you. And we will see you next time.